Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. KYW Original Podcast. Over the weekend in the 2021 NFL Draft, your Eagles came away with nine players, six on defense. Uh, according to Vice President of Player Personnel, Andy Weidel, six captains, and I'm really curious to hear what Ray Dittinger thinks. We know he loved the Devontae Smith pick when we spoke to him Friday morning, but now we're going to find out what he thinks of the Eagles' overall draft. Uh, Ray, thanks for joining us. What are your overall thoughts on the Eagles' 2021 draft? Uh, I thought for the most part it was good. Uh, I gave it a B, uh, and um, I thought generally they did pretty well. I thought... The one, uh, just the two, I don't know, you might almost consider this nitpicking, but I don't. <laughs> uh, I, I thought that they needed a lot of help in the defensive secondary, uh, cornerback in particular. And to have that many picks over the course of three days and come away with only one real cornerback, I thought was a little surprising. I would have liked to see them do more. Uh, and the other part was I just, this was more falls under the heading of kind of what could have been. Uh, I just thought they had opportunities uh, in a couple of spots with their second and their third pick to uh, to get players that could have been real impact players, guys that I thought were going to get drafted a lot higher, um, that all of a sudden were just sitting there on the board when the Eagles stepped to the plate. And, uh, you know, sometimes what separates good drafts from great drafts is um, – seizing those opportunities when they present themselves when a guy that you never thought was going to be there suddenly is there uh and then sort of going away from what your other plans were and saying wow we got to take advantage of this uh and i thought that that presented itself to the eagles a couple of times with the second pick at uh, the pick at number 37 uh it was obvious the organization they really really like landon dickerson the center from alabama even though he had a a really bad injury history, which, which frankly still concerns me, but they really liked him. Uh, but one, another Alabama player, defensive tackle Christian Barmore, was still on the board, which I couldn't believe. I mean, I thought for sure I would have I would have bet you anything Christian Barmore was going to go in the first round. Uh, but to see him sitting there at 37, if I was the Eagles, I couldn't I I couldn't have turned that down. I mean, to me that was uh, we didn't expect this. Uh, I, did, I never thought this guy was going to be here, but you know what? He's too good to pass up. Let's take him. Uh, that's what I would have done. And then, you know, I, I think maybe down the line, maybe you hope you get lucky and Dickerson falls. It's unlikely, but, you know, I would have, I would have done that. The opportunity to get Barmore was, was one I couldn't have passed up. And then 
at 70, given the fact that they really did need a cornerback, uh, Aaron Robinson, who interestingly enough started his college career at Alabama and then transferred to Central Florida, Aaron Robinson, who I had as a high second-round pick, was sitting there at number 70. Um, and again, I'm having the same thought, wow, I can't believe how lucky the Eagles are. This guy has fallen in their lap. And, you know, the Eagles made the decision, Howie Rose made the decision, oh, we have an opportunity right now to trade down out of 70. Somebody wants to jump up here. We're only going to move down three spots, so we'll still get Robinson. Well, very often when you do that, it comes back and bites you. <laughs> and that's what happened with the Eagles. The Giants moved up real quick, and they took Robinson. So that's kind of my feeling about it. I, I, as you said, I, I, loved, I loved the Devontae Smith pick. I thought that was great. Uh, and I think he's going to be a star here. I really do. I think he's going to make a big difference on this team. Um, but if they had also, in day two, come away with Christian Barmore and Aaron Robinson, uh, then I think you're talking about not just a home run, but a grand slam home run. So I guess what I'm reading is is that you feel it's a good draft because of the Smith pick, which was excellent, and then the picks that they made on day three. But what happened on day two downgraded it from a great draft to a good draft in your estimation. Yeah, that, that was, that's pretty much what it was. Uh, I, I, it's hard to take issue with uh, and point to any of the picks and say, boy, I didn't like this guy at all. What did they see in him? There's not, I wouldn't, there wasn't a single guy in this draft that I would say that about. Uh, and, in fact, the one cornerback that they did pick, uh, Zach McPherson from Texas Tech, is a good player. Uh, and uh, I'm a little bit surprised that he was available to them as late as he was, but that was a case that they took advantage of it. And I think he's going to come in and uh, he'll find a job in that secondary somewhere. I don't know if he's going to be in the slot. I don't know if he's going to be the border corner, um, but he'll he'll find his way onto the field because they have a need and he's good enough to fill it. And I really very much like I very much like the round five pick, uh, Kenny Gainwell, the the running back from Memphis, who uh, I think is. Um, is a real nice player. I think the combination of he and Miles Sanders, look, he's not going to beat out Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is the number one guy and should be. Uh, but the Eagles are thin in the backfield right now. I mean, they have Miles Sanders and they have Boston Scott. And now you add Kenny, Kenny Ganwell, uh, Gainwell to this. And, um, and I think he's a very nice compliment. He's, he's on the smaller side. I mean, he's only about 5'8", about 200 pounds. But he plays much bigger than that. Uh, he can run it inside. He can carry the ball from scrimmage. But the thing he does best is catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, and he can actually play in the slot and split out a wide receiver some. I mean, he runs really good routes. Uh, and he's very productive. I mean, there's one full season, you know, before he opted out because of COVID last year. Uh, he had over 2,000 total yards and 15 touchdowns playing with Memphis, which is a pretty high level of football. So uh, he's very much like uh, Nahum Hines, who's a, who's a running back, same kind of tools, same kind of toolkit, uh, played for uh, Nick Sirianni at Indianapolis. And I, I think that, you know, coaches, when they have success with one type of player, if they move from organization for organization, always kind of look to find that kind of player again. Not the same guy, but somebody who has the same skill set. And that's what I think uh, Kenny Gainwell represents. He's a guy that's going to come in and play the Heinz role in his offense. And that's, and that's a big role to play. You're not the starting running back, but you're going to get a lot of touches and an opportunity to uh, make some big plays. Going deeper into what happened on day two, aside from the fact that you thought that there were other players to take at 37, 
how worth it, Ray, is the risk of taking Landon Dickerson with his injury history at 37, considering the experience that the Eagles had, and whether this is fair or not to compare, to Sidney Jones only a handful or three, four years earlier? Well, uh, you, you, you have to be mindful of it. I mean, it, it's, not an, it's not exactly an apples-to-apples comparison. I mean, you're talking about different injuries in different positions. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I hearken back to last year, uh, after last year's draft, that, you know, Howie Roseman and then-coach Doug Peterson made a big thing telling the press about, you know, the, the note that, uh, that Howie left on Doug's desk, that this is what we're, you know, in this draft, this is what we're going to be looking for. We're going to be looking for guys that love football, and we're going to be looking for guys who are fast, and we're looking for guys who are healthy. Uh, and you know, let's face it, this that's been a problem with this Eagles organization now for a long time. Is they you know, every year they have the worst injury record and games missed by players record of any team in the league. Uh, and so last year. Coming at, at going into the draft, that was a priority on the part of uh, of the that was part of their mindset. That was part of the strategy that they had mapped out. Their their playbook was, you know, we're not drafting injured players anymore. Uh 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 uh, we're not doing that because we we'll paid the price for it. And now, only one year later, <laughs> with your second pick, number thirty seven overall, which is pretty high, you know, you take a guy in this who probably had the most troubling injury record of any guy in the draft. He's your second pick. So, you know, I think that if that was if the idea of drafting healthy players and not physically questionable players was important to you a year ago, then it should probably still be important to you now. Now, I think it was weighed by the um, how much they like Dickerson. And there is a lot to like about him. I mean, if you watch the tape, he's a very good player. And I'll give you the big if word. If he can stay healthy, um, he's going to come here and he's going to play a lot. I mean, Jason Kelsey is here for at least one more year, and he'll be your center because he's he's that good. But I'm sure that they drafted Dickerson with the idea in mind that he'll be Kelsey's successor, uh, and if he's healthy, he can probably do that. But even in the meantime, uh, I don't expect him to just sit on the bench and wait. Uh, if he can, again, if he can, if he can stay healthy, he'll be one of your five best offensive linemen, and he has played guard. Uh, before, both at Florida State and Alabama. And I would expect him to win one of those two guard jobs. Moving on to the the third-round pick, Milton Williams, defensive tackle from Louisiana Tech, and the reaction from senior football advisor Tom Donahoe, that viral video. Ray, I'm curious for your thoughts on the viral Tom Donahoe video after the Milton Williams pick. Yeah, I I think I'm just guessing, uh, but I think it was – I think that Tom – was uh, advocating drafting uh, Aaron Robinson right there. Uh, and I, I understand that. In fact, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking at that moment. Um, again, as I, as I said about Barmore, uh, you don't expect certain players to be there when you come up. And sometimes if, if, if that happens, sometimes you might have to change your plans and say, Hey, you know what? We've we got to take this guy right here. And Robinson was kind of that way with me. I mean, I, I had him as a high second-round pick, uh, and there he is sitting there at number 70. And in a position where you need help, I mean, the Eagles need cornerbacks. Right now they only have one, frankly. Uh, and there was a guy who I think is a, a guy that can step in and play right away, available to you in the third round. I think Tom Donahoe was, was arguing, boy, we're really lucky here. Look, we, we're just going to take Aaron Robinson. Uh, and my guess is that Howie said, no, no, we had to listen. The phone just rang. We have an opportunity to trade down a couple of picks 
uh, and pick up an extra six. So let's do that. We'll probably still be fine. We can get Robinson after that. And the way things work in the draft, when you make that decision and say, yeah, we'll come back, we'll get this guy. Um, nine times out of 10, that guy's gone. Uh, and that's exactly what happened here. The, Gi- the Giants jumped in and they took Robinson. And listen, he's going to play a lot of football for them. He's probably going to you know, make some big plays against the Eagles as soon as next season. So uh, that's what Tom was reacting to. And, you know, I don't think it would have been a big deal uh, for a lot of other teams uh, because that kind of stuff goes on in every in every uh, scouting department and every war room around the league. But when you when you have that after all the chatter and all the conversation that we've heard about the Eagles front office for the better part of a month and the local media and the national media, all this talk about the rift in the front office, the rift between the, the front office, the, the analytics department and the scouts and the idea of this being a quote unquote dysfunctional organization. And um, all of that, all that talk is out there and uh, on a national level. And then on draft day, you see that then people will just point to that and say, see, see, it's all true. Everything that we heard, it's all true. It's right there. And that's, you know, that's why this thing really got legs. I think for a lot of other teams, it would have just been a shrug and, uh, oh, that's kind of funny. Oh, look at that. But when it's, when you put it, when you put that with the Eagles, then all of a sudden it becomes an aha kind of thing. And for people who were just probably saying, oh, I don't know all of that talk about problems internal, that, that could be, yeah, it might just be a lot of nothing. You see that and you say all of a sudden, oh, okay, there it is. And that's why when that got out, that was, you know, that was something that the Eagles organization probably couldn't have felt too good about. No, they couldn't have. And, and if there was another video that they actually put out where they showed the reaction of defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, the new D.C., and he was super excited to get Milton Williams. So, yeah, it's, just, it's interesting to see the variant of opinions there, which you're right. It's probably very common. It's just with the Eagles and all those stories that came out in the offseason, it, uh, it gained a lot of attention because of that. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that um, the way things work in the in the player personnel department and I think in all teams, but especially in football is those kinds of debates go on in all the rooms because you've got all the coach, you've got all the scouts and rarely is everybody going to agree. Uh, and there's a lot of debate back and forth. We should take this guy. No, we should take this guy. No, I don't think we should take, I think we should go this way. There's a lot of that, but the general rule of thumb is that when the pick is made, all of that goes away. Okay. Once the pick is made, listen, he's our player now. Okay, he's our guy, and we're all going to get behind our guy. And so that kind of stuff, that kind of internal feeling, even if you're feeling it, you're not supposed to show it. Because once the pick is made, it's done, and we all kind of have to say we're together on this. And the fact that you had that little moment with Howie and Tom, uh, and and worse still, it gets out there, and now everybody's seeing it, and now it goes viral. You know, that's that, that ain't the way the scouting department and the draft is supposed to work. Ray, I really appreciate the time. Uh, you gave the Eagles a B. You gave them a good grade. So we'll see how these players pan out over the next few years. Uh, thank you for the time this morning, and I can't wait till the next time we talk birds again. Thanks, Ray. All right, David. Always a pleasure. Hall of Famer Ray Dininger of WIP. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.